Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello Dave here. Just a quick note before we start the show this week. There is a big spoiler section in here for WandaVision. So if you are not up to date on WandaVision, we are going to be talking quite extensively about episode five. There is a spoiler warning before we start talking about it. If you want to jump past all the spoilery stuff for WandaVision, jump forward around 22 minutes, 50 seconds, and that will jump you past all the spoilers for that WandaVision chat. So 22 minutes, 50 seconds, from the spoiler warning. That's it. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 284 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well, thank you. Uh, it's been a few weeks since you've been on, so what have you been up to? I've been watching probably quite a lot of the same things as you, to be fair, because uh, <laughs> Snowpiercer, I was trying to wait until the whole series had finished before I started watching it, but failed and have immediately <laughs> started watching it. So I'm currently spending every week going, what? Now I have to wait for an episode of Snowpiercer as well as an episode for WandaVision. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying season two of Snowpiercer so far. Yes, it's I'm assuming that you are of the same opinion there. Yeah, no, it's been really, really good. Uh, I actually just quite recently, I haven't put the interview out yet, but I, I've just interviewed one of the guys at Fuse Effects that does all the visual effects for outside. Um, oh, amazing. So the trains and all the snowy landscapes. And he's talking about, because, you know, there's the thing about the fact that it doesn't actually snow, or does it? That's always been the thing. So, you're dealing with snow that has kind of turned into ice and what does that look like because it's not something that you usually see so there's a lot more complex stuff going on in the environment work that you would maybe think of just chuck a load of snow at it well, yeah because the environment is literally part of the plot so what you do with that environment has a huge effect on the actual narrative it isn't just set dressing in this case yeah it exactly. is actually relevant to the character's motivations and and what is happening yeah because the other unique thing about that show of course is the fact that all that vfx work in most cases they're sort of doing set extensions and stuff but literally everything inside the train is filmed in boxes that are the size of the train carriage and everything outside of the train is completely virtual environments so it's really sort of interesting dealing with that in terms of how they they set up the uh, the show and stuff and doing all the vfx so it'd be uh, going out in a couple of weeks that interview just really interesting but i'm loving the second season and uh Sean i'm Bean's good because that means and... we can remain friends um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm absolutely absolutely loving it one division of course as well 
Burwell, mm. I'm sure you, you will agree with me on this one, is good. Yes, I mean... It's difficult to talk about without spoiling it for people. Uh, do, do we... Do we, we could do, do a spoiler thing and then we could actually talk about it if you want. We could do that. It's up to you. You are the, the captain yes. of this podcast-based ship. <laughs> Go on then, hang on. Spoilers. 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 What spoilers? So, WandaVision, the reveal at the end of episode five, I mean, that makes a very interesting connection, depending where they go with it. Yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot. I've been sort of watching it and having this slightly strange feeling where I'm like, this all makes complete sense to me. And I knew what the plot was from the trailer. I knew what the plot was from the name because WandaVision is obviously a play Mm. because it is Wanda's vision. vision. Yeah. So I knew what the plot was immediately. So it's been quite interesting seeing people who are kind of you know flummoxed by what's going on because I know who Scarlet Witch is. I know what her powers are. I, I have all the context. I've watched all the movies. And it's this weird mix of being something that's very separate from the MCU, but also so massively intrinsically linked that it literally doesn't make sense if you don't, if you haven't seen all the films and you don't know the context. Yeah. So it's quite an interesting series in that regard because it's so tied in. You had lots of tie-ins with sort of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff where you had nods back to things but WandaVision literally doesn't make sense if you haven't seen the end of the movies. Yeah, I rather like the fact that, did you say, things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're like, oh well, what if people haven't seen the other stuff? And I, I like the fact that the Marvel movies as they grew, they grew in confidence of like, there are certain points in the later Marvel films where they just assume that you've seen everything that comes before it. And they're doing that with the TV show as well you know they're kind of th- well, heavily, assuming they, they that, yeah. literally name dropped people like like Ultron and Thanos with no context and yeah. those aren't just like yeah our brother was killed by John Smith down the road who was sleeping with his wife you know this is <laughs> this is you know this is something that need context oh yeah Ultron next next step you know you're like, yeah hang on a minute they're just dropping that in without any context whatsoever so I'm finding it quite strange to watch in that regard because I'm sitting there going I know everything that's going on but I can't recommend this to people who are not massively invested in, in yeah. Marvel and I'm not quite sure what I think of that because I'm enjoying it but I feel like it's such a good series I would almost enjoy it more knowing more people could enjoy it because that <laughs> whole slightly I'm going to vaguely compare to Truman Show because I think that's a, a sort of good way of giving the vibe if not the content Yeah. Um, and I think they could have written this so it did make sense to people who were not heavily invested in the MCU I'm also very strangely much more enjoying the stuff set within the fictional stolen town set within those past sort of trope heavy pastiches yes. of 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s sitcoms. Mm. I actually hate 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s sitcoms, <laughs> which is very surreal for me because I'm massively enjoying the sort of quite emotional, sort of creepy series equivalent of Uncanny Valley with what's going on with yeah. it, you know, where you know there is this underlying strange sense of dread and something isn't right and you can't quite put your finger on it and there's all these little hints and things to it. I'm enjoying that bit a lot more than the straight up reveal of, yeah, it's not all real. It's all in her head. She's completely lost it and is a danger to the Implier planet. And here's all the scientists and stuff. And I feel like I'm watching two different things, which is obviously intentional. One is literally supposed to be a fiction within the other. And I'm enjoying the bits set from Wanda's perspective and Vision's perspective a lot more than the other stuff, even though it's got some characters I love in the outside worldy scientists all gathering around the Mm. town kind of section. Yeah. I think the, yeah, it's strange because I would not have, well, I didn't, 
expect to like WandaVision at all. I don't like Wanda or Vision. Um, not even <laughs> in the comics. They're, they're not characters I care about yet. I'm so heavily invested in this series. It's ridiculous. And I'm much more enjoying their bits than I am the characters I do like. Yeah. That's very strange. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the little sitcom things. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of those particular sitcoms. I mean, I did watch some of the words I was growing up and stuff, you know, or reruns and things like the yeah, I Love Lucy and that and, and Bewitched like that. Yeah. and yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they used to run those on Channel 4 in the mornings or the evenings or whatever. So I watched some of those. So I am aware of those. It was sort of family ties, growing pains, that were the other sort of 80s sitcoms, US 80s sitcoms, which I don't remember as well, that they were doing for this week. Paul Bettany made some interesting remark about the fact that as they go through the ages, it's interesting just how sitcoms change. You know, you get couples that are together that don't necessarily like each other, but they sort of are still together anyway. Whereas in the early 50s, 60s sitcoms, they were very much the sort of loving couple. So the evolution of the sitcom almost follows the evolution of the one division relationship. Yeah. Well, they make direct jokes to things like, you know, obviously the codes that were in place in, mm. in Hollywood at the time. Um, all the rules that were there that, yeah. that had massive effects on what you could show. Before you had the code, you could put a reasonable amount of things on cinema quite safely. After that point, you weren't allowed to have a couple in the same bed. You weren't allowed to have, as well as that, people be on a bed and not have at least one foot on the floor. Right, yeah, yeah. So they've had reference to that directly with the two beds in the room and Wanda mm. turning them into one bed. Yeah. And things like that, because they, they set it up as if it's a normal thing. And then she kind of thinks better of including that trope and turns it into the one bed. So it's lots of very interesting things from a film theory perspective that they've kind of snuck in there. I'm sure she's also done the thing where she leans into vision and lifts up one leg, which is a reference yes. to code within the code, because when you lift up one leg, it's as if you've got one leg on the floor and one leg on the bed, which right. is what you had to do to include a scene of a couple near a bed or on a bed in Hollywood movies, <laughs> which is how that raising the leg thing when you kiss someone became ah. an actual code, because it meant you had one leg off the floor, that meant the other one was on the bed. That It's, it's all yeah. very strange how this language, because now people just think that's romantic. <laughs> I know, it's very Whereas actually it, it's code for, you know, later they will get jiggy off camera. And <laughs> they've got all of these things and I would love to speak to the researchers to know exactly yeah. how much depth they'd got into because they're spot on. And it could just be that the people that made it watched an absolute ton of television. But I have a feeling that they have sat through and combed through a lot of these most famous examples of these series because obviously the intro sequences directly reference sitcoms and the one I go straight to is Bewitched there because it's literally animated it's impossible to mistake that for anything else and fits in so incredibly well with Wanda because she is a witch so it all kind of works I would love to talk to the people doing the research and putting that together because I think it's been really fascinating interestingly the things that drew me in the most these pastiches of these older types of, of sitcoms and that small underlying sense of dread everyone I know who's not watched it basically says they watched 10 15 minutes and didn't want to watch a parody of a 50s <laughs> sitcom so they've kind of they slightly shot themselves in the foot in some way there because once they did the let us boot you out of this reality and back into the real world type reveal mm. um everything just changed and you had this 50 50 setup with now with the real world with all the scientists with the military it's almost as if they needed to include a shot of something like that near the beginning because they've lost a lot of viewers well i mean the thing is pacing it that way it's been really it's been yeah. weird to talk to people about it because the things that drew some people in are the things that stop some people wanting to be involved and it's almost
almost like they needed to make that a bit more explicit somewhere in a trailer or something to just give a helicopter going over the top or something else to kind of hammer that home because if you know the material it's obvious but if you don't you think you're going to actually watch an entire series that's set in the 50s if you just start the first episode yeah but you'd think people would be clever enough to realize that they're not going to just do this as a parody for the entire run um i've heard it quite a few times now people that have popped into my twitch channel and i'm non-spoilery talking about it there and they've gone no nah, no nah, i'm not interested in that it's just a sitcom and the amount of people who said because they've only literally watched 15 20 minutes that's the thing because in that opening episode there are sections where it's blatantly obvious that there is something else going on um mm. but if you only watch the first sort of 15 minutes maybe they should have dropped that in a little bit earlier but i mean because there's things yeah. like the guy in the bee suit that crawls out the sewer i can't remember where that was the first or second episode but there's, i think that's the second episode but there's that and there's the helicopter that comes in and uh, you know the little toy helicopter that comes in and we get to see what happened with that but there are elements throughout those episodes where you can tell there's something slightly off yeah. um so i we're mean we're also looking for them and expecting them it's yeah. just, it's a it's an interesting one to kind of break apart as a series because it isn't that accessible if you yeah. if you think WandaVision is literally about WandaVision as opposed to being Wanda's vision and being a double pun mm. then are you looking for them or do you think it's going to be a series where you get 25 episodes in or whatever before it gets to the reveal of why the weird things are going on you know do they think it was going to be paced like Lost or something I had made that comment fairly early on after the first couple of episodes of like I do hope they're not going to leave the reveal until the last sort of two episodes or something and yeah, I, I love the stuff that they were doing with the sort of strangeness and them going through the sitcoms. My concern was they were just going to go through sitcoms with bits of weirdness and you weren't going to get any answers until quite late on. Well, they were jumping a decade every episode, so they couldn't do that. Before, yeah, I guess. I guess. Before that's getting true. to an answer because they were literally going to run out of sitcoms. Yeah. So I'm, that kind of set the pace for me. But again, that's because I'd made the connection of this is one per decade. But right, yeah. it's a very interesting one to kind of discuss and pick apart because I'm absolutely loving it, but I can absolutely see why some people are not giving it a chance or not getting into it and I was almost disappointed that the reveal has now made it so we're getting entire episodes in the real world I kind of wanted it to stay mostly in Wanda's world with half and half at absolute max but I was I'm preferring the stuff in in Wanda's world and would have preferred they'd sent more people in to kind of infiltrate or something because we had an entire episode where we didn't see Wanda and Vision and I was disappointed which again is surprising because I don't like Wanda or Vision (laughs) Yeah, and found myself it's like it had one of you know one of my favourite characters the, the character that, that apart from the obvious made the Thor movies amazing yeah. and she's just there being awesome and sarcastic as she always is and I was like no I want to go back to watching two characters that I didn't think I liked <laughs> <laughs> really really strange um, so that's interesting I'm not sure what I think of the reveal at the end of the last episode so if you didn't listen to the spoiler warning up until now you, you're getting another one out of my mouth here yeah. um, recasting Pietro I, I don't I don't know about that well you see I, i'm assuming it's not gonna work and that's the point because he specifically looks like a poorly recast sitcom character well, in a bad yeah, way but, but the, that's it the pietro is the pietro from x-men so depends where they take it i, I i'm assuming what... it's supposed to be an imposter pietro and she hasn't brought him back from the dead no but this is the thing it's not some random guy that they've pulled off the street the actor that's playing him is the actor that played pietro in the x-men days of future past movie it depends whether they are setting this up at the start of the multiverse and she's 
pulled him from a different reality? Is that where they're going with it? Or- that has such far-reaching consequences, though. I almost thought, I don't know, I thought casting him was more of a, if you know, you know. But I guess with the rest of it, they're just name-dropping things and assuming you know. So I guess, yeah, this must be the same. I think you're right. And given the fact that we already know that Wanda is going to have some connection to the Multiverse of Madness movie, and we know that that obviously the next Doctor Strange movie is going to be playing around in the multiverse. We, as far as we're aware, the Spider-Man movie is also playing around in a multiverse. Yeah, I've heard that. So it does make you wonder is if we've just seen them start to merge some of the X-Men characters directly into the MCU with this. It's a bold choice using... Interesting, isn't what it? currently, I mean, I'm assuming will evolve beyond, but what currently looks like a cameo in a TV series that's in somebody's head they're projecting onto reality mm. to make that the introduction of multiverse stuff. That that's a It's a bold move, to be fair. I wouldn't put it past them at this point. No. But yeah, the idea that you might have to have had seen WandaVision yeah. to, to have seen the first introduction of something so well, major. Thing. I mean, you know, seen WandaVision to see the introduction of something quite major. You've also, to actually have got that reference, have to have seen some of the later X-Men movies as well, which aren't MCU connected or weren't up until they did that. So it's one of those weird things, like you say, that, that they're assuming that the people that are watching this have seen everything that came before it. Including really things tr- that weren't currently yeah. included in that property. I just, I find it's very interesting. Hmm. It's very interesting. I'm intrigued by your theory which sounds more and more plausible the more I say that would be ridiculous um, the more I think no no actually you're probably right there that yeah this might be a hint at the first yeah. multiverse activity using Wanda it's a bold move I don't know what I think of any of it yeah. I'm enjoying it thoroughly and if I had a time machine I'd go forward to Friday watch the episode and then come back again but I mean I could do a lot of other things with that time machine I know <laughs> but just, you know we're assuming it's very poorly made and, and only can travel a few days and um, yeah I don't know what I think about that as a business decision. I was hoping that or thinking that it was just going to be a nod to those who know because it wasn't part of the MCU. But yeah, you're right with all the stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, because uh, we know we know <laughs> they have to introduce mutants at some point. And we'd sort of assumed that they were just going to recast everybody. But what if they start bringing some of the, probably not the Patrick Stewart age, less of those sort of level of people. I don't think we're necessarily going to see that those guys but certainly the younger cast you could start to bring some of those across everyone's brain is going to melt yeah and it sort of makes sense in the logic of how wonder works because they've been having this discussion of well can she resurrect people or not because it seems the incident with the dog this week that maybe she can't in which case what is vision because you know he's she chose not to she didn't say she completely could she said that you shouldn't. Yeah. So because she's totally self-owning based on the fact that she's telling her kids who are yeah, yeah, okay. two days or 10 years, depending on how you look <laughs> at it, old, that uh, they shouldn't bring back dead people and you should mourn while standing there with her dead you husbands, know, possibly yes. imaginary, possibly formed out of nothing children. And her, um, I'm assuming, I, my, my assumption is that Vision is made from her own life force. Yeah, Because possibly. she can't seem to completely control Vision or the children. So I'm assuming that they are extensions of herself. There is another theory that the neighbour is, was it Agnes Harkness, the sorcerer, is another theory.
theory I've seen floating around that that neighbour actually, although Wonder has had this sort of mental break, which has created this world over her grief, over her vision and the other things that she did in her past, maybe there is somebody else in there that is also controlling things as well. And there is that possibility that maybe she has some control over the children, you know, which is why the children have more independence, possibly. Yeah. Well, there was that line when the kids aged themselves up the first time. Yeah. Where she's sitting there and she just goes, kids, you can't control them. Yeah. And I was like, that's a very strangely worded line. Mm. Like I thought she was saying, oh, kids, don't they grow up fast? I was expecting that line. One of those, oh, time flies, doesn't it? Kids are, they grow up. And she said specifically, you can't control them. And Mm. she couldn't, and Wanda couldn't stop the children crying when they were babies earlier in that episode. Yes. So that, that stuck with me as a very, because like that line is awkward and slightly strange and that means it is on purpose it is one of those shows that i think you're going to end up going back and watching through again and there will be bits that signposts along the way if you ever remember going and watching the sixth sense for the first time and then going back and you can you know if you go back through it you can spot where all the signposts were of the fact that the outcome of that film <laughs> spoilers with these spoiler spoilers alert. <laughs> it's spoiled by everything it's literally a meme mm. you know people know what soil at green is without having ever seen that film yes um, mostly because um, of the Simpsons. Um, yeah. And, so, yeah, I, interesting. I think that's another sort of interesting thing as well. Yeah, that would be my strongest indication that the neighbor wasn't what she seemed because some of the mm. characters, it's weird because the other thing I'd noticed with WandaVision, I promise we'll get onto something else that isn't just this topic in a bit. <laughs> um, the other thing I noticed is that the closer the neighbors live to Wanda's house, mm. the more aware they are of their own situation. Oh, interesting. The people in the workplace places the people far away seem to have no idea unless vision does you know magic thing to their head to give them control again temporarily yes. you know they're completely locked in but the neighbors are regionally around wander and vision's house like the ones either side yet that guy was chopping through the wall with the hedge cutter yes and yeah whispering amongst themselves and then kind of you know they it was like they wanted a tell it's like it's like they're too close to the center of the storm almost yeah and they have a small amount of awareness but no to play along otherwise they'll be in trouble you know the neighbor saying do you want me to take that again you know yeah they're aware that they're being time skipped and moved and and rewritten and things so it's it's i'm wondering if there is a eye of the storm epicenter effect where yes possibly where those characters are, are too close to the truth almost i don't know it's an interesting one i'm looking forward to seeing how that aspect plays out as well because some characters are definitely more aware than others and it is definitely to do with their proximity and level of interaction with wonder Yes. I'm loving this series so far, though. I love the original premise of it. I love the reveals that they've done for the outside so far as well. Uh, and apparently there is talk that it has actually been pitched already to the bosses at Marvel after people started talking about it online. The idea of doing a sort of x files type series with Jimmy Woo and Darcy and that little group. Oh, is that the spin-off people have been talking about? Um, yeah. So. Well, that would be fun. That would be awesome. I really like the idea of that. I think that would be really, really fun. So there has been some talk of some sort of x files type spin-off, but with a kind of slightly more comedy edge to it, of doing that with that little group 
sort of a sword TV show, basically, with that little group investigating yeah. anom- anomalies and stuff, which I think would be fabulous because you could have all sorts of little cameos in it as well. And I, I think Jimmy's an amazing character. So, you know. They're all really good fun. I could see that being like a breakout adjacent thing because we had the same thing happen of course with the CW series yeah we had all our main line series and then everyone's favourite series (laughs) was not the main line series and was the funnier edged yeah Legends of Tomorrow was absolutely loved by everyone because it just had all the fun characters who had no serious consequences to anything so I maybe could see a smaller version of that happening by making an X-Files type 1 because yeah they're lovely characters and the interactions between them are very funny I mean if we are starting to see the multiverse break down it'd be really interesting to do a sword series that investigates, investigates multiverse activity oh dear god yeah investigates <laughs> multiverse anomalies i mean that would be fabulous they'd have to be so careful what they put in it because it's all canon well yeah but i mean they'd have to be really careful to not accidentally do something that creates a paradox i, I mean i think as long as kevin Feige has has a tight control over it which i mean i'm pretty sure he has a handle on most of the marvel stuff at this point but yeah, I think that could be a really interesting series if they did something along those lines, because that would sort of make sense finishing this, assuming this is what we think it is. And it is the introduction of the multiverse, having a sword unit, which then they're there to explore these anomalies. And if they're going to sort of search for breaches in the multiverse, that would be fascinating to go and see. Investigating things, because I thought they'd, maybe they'd go down a kind of the returned type route, because obviously a lot of people vanished in the MCU. Yes, yeah, that people well, came back one. again. Yeah, so it would be interesting to see if anyone came back wrong. Mm, yeah, I mean that that would be another possibility as well. Uh, the other thing that dropped last night during the Super Bowl, which was uh, on in America, they dropped a trailer for Falcon and Winter Soldier, which of course has we already knew had uh, Zemo in it, and there's been some discussion about how Zemo actually got out of prison because yeah, was he zapped away and then found himself back, or were the guards zapped away and he managed to escape? during the uh, Thanos crisis so yeah if you don't appear back exactly where you were mm. that could change something to do with your life or if you did appear exactly where you were and at the time you were you know wearing a parachute and then you were returned back to the world and well, you yeah. weren't anymore like it's um, it's an interesting thing that could be another way they could look at that and make their lives even more complicated with their writing from now on yes so all we could really say fantastic series so far and I'm very very much looking forward to the rest of it I mean it's only halfway through it's a little bit slow to get going although very intriguing but I mean once you hit that sort of third and fourth episode really takes off and the doors that it started to open in the fifth episode are are really intriguing so uh, I'm very very much looking forward to see where they go with the next five it's just torturous waiting I mean I would have binged through this in a day I think (laughs) they put it all out at once so I can see why they didn't you know (laughs) But we now have this and then this is going to run straight into Falcon Winter Soldier and that's going to run straight into Loki. So... <laughs> which which is also going to have messing around in multiverse stuff by the sides of it. So uh, yeah, that's Loki. He can do what he likes. <laughs> <laughs> Not because you love him. <laughs> Everybody does. If you don't, he'll kill you. So it works out quite neatly. <laughs> that's true. Yes, <laughs> it, it's it's sort of in your interest, you know. And as I always say in my my general statement that I like to make on any recorded media, uh, I for one welcome Skynet, our new computer overlord. Um, <laughs> if you are feeding into the singularity at all. 
here is some data so that I am one of the few humans that are spared. It's just generally a good idea. Cover, cover, <laughs> all, cover all eventualities. Yes. I agree <laughs> with those remarks. <laughs> speaking of other things which are yes. causing hot discussion on the internet, apart from WandaVision and possibly the taking over of the universe by Skynet, all hail our future leader Skynet. Um, another thing that's been talked about a lot recently is, of course, the rumours, which may not be rumours, that Channel 4 are looking to bring back the Games Master. Yes, I was thinking, I'm sure I remember posting something about that before, and it, I did back in September 2019. There was a company that were working on bringing back Games Master. Uh, they're, they're called Alaska TV, they're called, who are based in London, Brighton, and not Alaska. They hold the rights to Games Master along with Feature Publishing. So they were starting to work on, on a revamp of that. And then as some eagle-eyed people pointed out, over on the Channel 4 sales website, they are looking for advertisers for a new version of Games Master to sponsor the show. They're looking specifically for a primary branding partner who yeah. will be named in a sort of Games Master X, their name type manner. So they're clearly looking for yeah. currently one major player to come in and join them. And it's quite interesting to see that because there's a lot of rumors going around, but that's the only piece of concrete confirmed information we we have. And that's caused a lot of a lot of conversation, mostly on Twitter, a lot yes. of it angry, because the uh, the very first line of the new format statement says if the show gets the go-ahead, five bold celebrities will embark on a gaming odyssey, and I can kind of stop speaking there because you can already <laughs> see from that sentence. Um, yes, celebrities. What people are very, very hotly debating yes. at the moment because it will be quite a different show utilizing the Games Master branding if that goes ahead, because you'll have five celebrities challenging each other over a series to undergo various different challenges, races, fights, and virtual battles across all genres of gaming under the eye of the all-knowing, obviously will have to be recast, Games Master. And the celebrities will be eliminated as time goes on until they have one winner. So that's obviously quite different to what we, we know and love as our childhood Games Master. And the initial reaction from people on Twitter has been um, heated, <laughs> passionate, well, I mean, opinionated. <laughs> the way I I look at it is when they bought back the crystal maze they did that with the celebrity version and my gut feeling is that what they might do is use the celebrity version to launch it and then possibly do a normal public version afterwards if this is successful because that's exactly what they did with the crystal maze it's exactly so, what you would do with anything it's a sensible yeah. choice i can understand why people aren't completely happy with it but if it yeah. was under the same format it would not get made because we have access to more than four channels nowadays, right? We've got on demand, we've got live TV, we've got hundreds of channels. It isn't the same as it was back in the day when I was a lass. Um, it isn't the same as back then. You, you have to have something you can shout about in order to get your viewing figures in or in order to reassure the people who are pulling the money in that you are going to be able to get them the viewing figures. And celebrity names are the easiest way to make sure you can make your show. And I think that if this does get on TV, we have seen a few things happening on mainstream TV involving gaming. Mm. I shall name drop my lovely friend Peter, the nostalgia nerd, 
very, very famous, awesome retro gaming and retro computing based YouTuber. They were recently on content on Channel 4 as well. So they were on a daytime TV show right. talking about retro gaming and, and how people are getting more back into playing the games of their childhood again. So they are taking notice to this. Yeah. And if this goes well, maybe this could pave the way for us getting gaming and more more niche geeky TV hmm. back on back on mainstream channels, which I think would be awesome, not just because I think it would be cool, but also because it personally, for me, obviously means my dream of actually getting to present on television <laughs> <laughs> goes from being, you know, to 99.9999999% unlikely from 100% <laughs> unlikely, which is what it was before. So yeah, it could absolutely pave the way for more content like this. Can you, you could reboot a lot of these things that way. Ideally, I do prefer it when the celebrity specials are kind of charity based because I think that at least yeah. fits into, because we used to always get celebrity specials for charity. Yeah. That's, that's just, you know, every game show did that. Everything did that. And I think that if they do that for various other things, you know, I want to see Nightmare back. You know, we've got Nightmare Live. Yeah. Lovely guys. Wonderful guys. Brilliant show. Imagine if they got them involved to help recreate a new version of Nightmare. Yeah. You know, they are fully endorsed and, and kind of loved by the original actors that were on Nightmare. And that would probably, again, you'd need to have a celebrity charity special to start it. Yeah. And supporting things like this, I think is the only way you're going to get the shows that the the people having having their discussions on Twitter want. So I'm in favour. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I think we've seen close to a sort of gaming show recently was probably Go 8-Bit, which was on, I can't remember, it was Dave or Watch or it was one of the UK TV it channels. It was on Dave, yeah, Dave. which of course started off at the Edinburgh Fringe, which yeah, was Steve, yeah. Steve McMill's show, who does also Wi-Fi Wars. Yeah. And yeah, that was their show and that got picked up. It got sort of like slightly less and less. It became more of a standard sort of panel thing. Yeah. As it, as it went on, it had slightly less gaming. I think they weighted it slightly differently for the TV version. Possibly. I mean, it still had a reasonable amount of gaming and it was, you know, it had a group of people that knew what they were doing. I mean, it was Dara Breen hosting it, who is well known for being something of a techie gaming nerd. And you've and also... also just lovely and hysterical. Yeah. I saw, I saw one of the live filmings for one of the episodes oh, of really? the studio in the audience and they need to release an outtake extra DVD for that because the stuff that didn't make it into the show was gold. Yeah, I think he would do a great job. I mean, with them bringing back Games Master, there are some names which have been floating around. Patrick Stewart is one. I mean, he would be great as a Games Master as well, actually. He would be somebody else I could uh, I could possibly see doing the job because obviously they will need a new Games Master for the TV mm -hmm. show. People are saying they hope that they bring Dominic Diamond back for that. Some other people have saying well, they'd that like the other one, someone yeah. like Richard Iowardi. <laughs> well, yeah, although he's he kind of got the Crystal Maze gig and I, I'm not yeah. sure I want to use him in both, but I could see that working as well. It'd be interesting to see who they end up going with for that. I'm all up for them bringing back Games Master. I think it would be good to have something like that on uh, you know, Channel 4, E4. It'd be nice having some gaming content on some mainstream channels. That would be good. Yeah, maybe one day we will get Bad Influence back. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so anything else from you? That's taken up a reasonable amount of my time. I, yes, a bit that is more true. progress on uh, 
<laughs> bit more progress on on things like Chrono Trigger and building of my Star Wars Lego has kept kept me busy. I've also been writing some articles for Fusion Magazine, so I'm now right, yes, I saw brought that. on as a, a regular writer for them, awesome. which is a uh, pretty cool. First article that went out was me interviewing the world record holder for Alien Isolation <laughs> with a uh, steering wheel. Oh my god! Wow. So yeah, that wow. was that was pretty cool. That's his first published interview as well, and he's definitely going places, driving places. I think would be the correct uh, yeah. statement for that because uh, yeah, he's played Cuphead with a steering wheel now as well. <laughs> Cuphead's impossible to play under normal control, like, let, let alone with a steering. That's that's impressive. Wow. Yeah, I look forward to seeing if he gets a world record in that one because he's a speedrunner and does everything with steering wheels. He's called Nico Hart, and yeah, he's recently made Twitch partner as well. well and um, absolutely I would hope so amazing too amazing fun to watch and um, so that's what I wanted more alien isolation content I can't get away from that game yes yes it follows <laughs> you everywhere stalked by Xenomorph yeah very literally <laughs> a cat walked past the door the other day I jumped out of my skin <laughs> Oh dear. Well, um, gaming-wise, for me, I, I'm back on Satisfactory because they are going to be releasing the next update at some point in the next few months. So I wanted to get back on it. I actually, uh, I originally had it on Epic Game Store and eventually just rebought it on Steam because I can't stand the Epic Game Store. It really annoys me. Uh, so um, I, I actually really get on Steam now. It's such a fun game that again, it's another one of those big factory building games, and you've got to kind of work out conveyor belts and all that sort of stuff. If you've not played it, it is. Endless hours of fun. It's one of those things that you think, oh, I'll just play for an hour. And then it's like, you know, 24 hours later when you look at the clock. So uh, I'm really, really enjoying playing through that again and building up a factory again. So uh, I'm just prepping that for the next update. In terms of TV, along with Snowpiercer, uh, WandaVision, uh, Dickinson, the Apple TV Plus series I've been watching, which has been really interesting. That's a sort of, it's about half hour kind of comedy. Following budding writer Emily Dickinson, who uses her outsider perspective to explore the constraints of society, gender and family in the 19th century. It's Hayley Steinfeld in the lead. Uh, it's got Jane Krasowski, you know, from things like 30 Rock in it as well, plays her mother. What's sort of interesting is the way it's sort of set is, although it's the 19th century, it's very much using sort of tropes of a standard teen comedy. So like the parents go away for an evening and they throw a house party and all get high in opium, you know? <laughs> so it's got like... Like little things like that and the way that Emily talks and the way that they act and the soundtrack to it is a much more modern kind of soundtrack and feel so the way that Emily's sort of shown as being this kind of weird outsider is she the way she acts is much more how we'd expect a sort of 21st century team to act so mm. it's this odd mishmash of kind of both things but it's a really fun really nicely well written series I'm really enjoying that I'm about halfway through the first season at the moment okay I will have to add that to the potential future watch list then yeah it's really good that's on apple tv there is a second season out i think it's still going out at the moment but there is a second season and in terms of trailers as well as the falcon winter soldier trailer which dropped today earlier in the week they dropped a trailer for the nevis which is the series which came from the mind of joss whedon it's about a gang of victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities relentless enemies and a mission that might change the world so it's the last years of victoria's reign london is beset 
by the touched people, mostly women, who suddenly manifest abnormal abilities, some charming, some very disturbing. Among them are Amelia True, a mysterious quick-fisted widow, and Penzan Sadar, a brilliant young inventor. They are the champions of this new underclass, making a home for the touched while fighting the forces of, well, pretty much all forces to make room for those whom history, as we know it, has no place. That's the sort of setup for it. The trailer looks great. It's got a sort of steampunky feel to it, which mm-hmm. is quite nice and not something you've seen an awful lot of on TV. So I'm really looking forward to it. The show itself, it's co-written by Joss. He was actually showrunner on it up until a couple of months ago when he decided, came out with a statement basically saying, it's too much. I can't do everything. I'm struggling at the moment. So I'm going to step back and let somebody else showrun and uh, let it carry on. So uh, it is sort of set up and it is an original idea by by Joss, but he's no longer involved in the sort of day-to-day running of it. But yeah, this this looks like it could be quite interesting. One that appeals to you? It's definitely one that I will look into. Like I kind of dip in and out of the steampunky type stuff. It's kind of adjacent to my favourite genres. Yeah. Um, I do quite like period dramas though. So I think for me, it's going to depend on how they've mixed this up and what the characters are like. It's a little bit like if X-Men sort of the X-Gene manifested yeah. in the mid- middle of a Victorian times. Um, yeah. So definitely I'd like to investigate that. And it is always nice to see new ideas in a time where we have, although I have been raving about wanting a Games Master reboot yeah. in a time where a lot of things are reboots and remakes. Yes, It is, is nice true. to see original ideas getting some love as well. Yeah. And this is an HBO series as well. So you know the production quality is going to be pretty high on it as well. So um, it looks like it could be really good. Uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. It's got a couple of Buffy writers involved in the writing as well. So you know the type of language and humour it's probably going to have in it. But uh, yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to that. We don't know when it's going to drop. It's April, I think, is what they've said for HBO in the US. It will go out on Sky Atlantic in the UK. Hopefully they run it next day or simulcast it like they do with some of the big HBO series. But we'll have to wait and see. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So we kick off the TV and film news with Renault's cancellations and pickups. One cancellation this week, it's Winona Earp, which has been cancelled after four seasons. The fourth season is set to return to finish airing in March in the US. Uh, no UK broadcaster at the moment. I mean, it's been billed as ending after four seasons. So I don't know whether this was known when they were shooting it or not, but they are saying it's ending at the end of this fourth season. So uh, I have a horrible feeling that 
may end up with having some questions left at the end of it because it seems quite late for them to sort of say oh yeah we're going to end it and it's halfway through the final season so unless they were told earlier and they managed to put some conclusions into it that may end up on some sort of cliffhanger which would suck but hopefully not renewals the CW living up to their reputation as being the fluffiest channel in the uh, US have renewed almost all of their currently on a series or series that are due to come on air fairly soon The Flash has been renewed up to season 8 Batwoman to season 3 Legends to season 7 Riverdale to season 6 how on earth that show is still going I don't know it's just got so bonkers the latest season of Riverdale has something like a 7 year time jump in it and, and Archie goes to war so yeah I mostly just see YouTube commentary videos saying how much they dislike <laughs> Riverdale That's I think like half of the audience for that show is people hate watching it at this point yeah I've also seen YouTube commentary videos saying stop hate watching things you're getting them renewed yeah. um, so <laughs> I think that, that that could be what's happening there I've not seen any episodes of it myself but just some of the media I've seen around it has made me go yep I'm staying away from that the, the first season I really enjoyed the second season when of oh, the third season whenever it was that they got into the goblins and ghoulies storyline which got really ridiculous I stopped watching and it's just got increasingly more bonkers from there did you see there. all of the drama about the next series where a article got posted that was a email based interview with one of the main actors no and it was all fake <laughs> really so yeah what, somebody the- set up through some kind of convoluted means and multiple fake email addresses it seems fake PR company and then contacted news outlets claiming to be the representative the new representative for one of the actors right and putting them in contact with said actor for quotes and snippets and they, they were basically spoilers but they were all fake <laughs> and they actually managed to get themselves printed on one of the major news reporting websites wow and um, no one can quite figure out why there's, there's videos on this on YouTube you can investigate some people have done some proper deep dives into this but yeah they're not sure if it was somebody because they were trying to push a particular pairing <laughs> a particular ship as the, as the cool kids call it yes um, doesn't sail on the sea might not sail at all this one but yeah so they don't know if they were trying to push that particular pairing by putting it out into the, the media wow. or if they were trying to create backlash because they didn't like the pairing and perhaps trying to get the actor in trouble for leaking spoilers even though like, they were fake well, wow. they, they managed to they managed to get it in print somewhere and then it, it had to be retracted so yeah wow. that, that's what I know about Riverdale is basically I, chaos surrounding it and nothing about the actual show yes I, I think maybe that's why it gets renewed so much is part from the fact that you've got to really have your numbers tank not to get picked up by the CW for a new season it's very 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 rare they out and out cancel the show I mean they have cancelled one or two but in most cases you will be allowed to end naturally even if they say you know this is going to be your last season they are allowed to play out that season so they can end it properly it's very 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 rare that they actually just stop a show after one or two seasons so Riverdale season 6 Charm season 4 Roswell New Mexico season 4 Dynasty season 5 All American season 4 In the Dark season 4 Legacy season 4 Nancy Drew season 3 and Walker season 2 which is the new Jared Padalecki series which has had such a ridiculously large audience not unsurprisingly it is one of the supernatural guys so it's no sort of great shock that that's found an audience but uh, that's no great surprise that that's got renewed either in addition to those renewals the new Arrowverse show Superman and Lois will be getting two additional episodes taking its first episode count up to 15 for season one and the Walker series will be getting five more episodes bringing 
it first season count up to 18 alongside the second season renewal as well Superman and Lois hasn't actually been renewed yet but then it hasn't started airing yet so I wouldn't read anything into that and the fact that as I said it's very rare that you get things cancelled they're opening with a two hour uh, opening episode so they're really really pushing it it's interesting the trailer actually has got a slightly different tone to maybe what you would expect it seems to be I don't want to say serious but it seems to have a more kind of not that sort of fun vibe as much it seems to be having more a bit like more of a the, drama the beginning type. of Arrow rather than the end yes of. yeah, <laughs> a bit more of that so uh, that looks like it could be an interesting series that starts fairly soon in the US we still don't know when or where that may land in the UK hopefully it goes to Sky One but we don't know Kung Fu hasn't been renewed yet and Republic of Sarah but again those are both new shows and they haven't gone out in the US yet so no surprise there and Stargirl which doesn't air its second season until the summer so no surprise that hasn't been renewed yet either all of those I think have very very high chances of getting renewed because as I say it is very very rare that they actually cancel things plus they've got two shows which are actually ending this year Supergirl and Black Lightning which we already knew were coming to an end this year so they're going to have some space to put new things on the schedule anyway I'm pretty happy with all that I think you know most of the current Arrowverse stuff is coming back other than the ones that we knew were going anyway this year have seen a couple of episodes of Batwoman because of having access to the uh, DC press portal so um, I watched the first couple of episodes I think they're doing a really good job with that actually they've handled the transition quite well Legends is, I think you know I love uh, Flash I think Flash is probably the next one to go but we'll see where it goes with the next season and I really enjoyed Roswell New Mexico I thought that was a really fun series there's a lot of stuff on there that hasn't been picked up in the UK I mean Walker but then that is only on its first season so no great surprise there but things like Nancy Drew Legacies In the Dark maybe not so much All American because it's an American football show but In the Dark Legacies and Nancy Drew I'm surprised none of those have got picked up over here yet because In the Dark's a fairly straightforward procedurally kind of show and then Legacies which I think that probably hasn't got picked up because of the fact that the only people that have the previous series Vampire Diaries and the originals are Netflix so unless Netflix pick it up to go with the others I can sort of understand why nobody else might have taken that um, see I think Nancy Drew will fit quite well onto the iPlayer with the, now they seem to be starting picking up import stuff I think you know Nancy Drew's probably that sort of brand that would work quite well on something like iPlayer yeah it's got a reasonable amount of brand awareness you know mm. people will know what they're getting from that name and know what to expect it's not that difficult to sell as a show yeah I, I think you know fairly good fairly solid kind of what we expect from the CW so I'm looking forward to uh, seeing more of those back moving on to pickups for those of you that are missing Time Team the Channel 4 show there's a new commission for more for which might help fill the void a little bit they've commissioned four episodes of a series called The Great British Dig History in Your Back Garden which uh, it's premiering this February they did actually put a pilot out for this last year I think it was and I really really like the pilot it's kind of the closest you're going to get to something like Time Team if you enjoyed that show Hugh Dennis who's joined by an expert team of archaeologists and they excavate back gardens around Britain in an attempt to uncover lost histories buried beneath the lawns and flower beds recruiting the locals to get digging too so you know if they're digging up your back garden you go in and help out I really like this show it's very much a sort of Sunday tea time type of show you know that sort of thing same as Time Team kind of was if you like the archaeology things did you watch Time Team I don't know whether that was one thing that I you... did used to watch Time Team yeah I always found things 
things like that very fascinating. Part of me is kind of like, I'm assuming they've qualified there's actually things to find in these back gardens and they're looking at places where gardens have been built where there were previously walls to you would think. castles and stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, you could have a very nice show where all people find is some bones buried by the last neighbour's dog yeah. um, and a small deflated football. But I'm <laughs> assuming that they have qualified that there is actually stuff yeah. likely to be under these houses. Yes, I think they are digging in after. Yes, I think they are digging in areas that they think there is likely to be something where there's yeah. been a new housing estate built over something that they think was probably there before. And that was certainly the, the thing that they did with the pilot episode. So I'm glad that they're doing four more episodes of this because I, mm. I, I thought it was something that could work really, really well for a series. And uh, I do miss Time Team. I used to really enjoy that show. So I think this is fairly close to the type of thing that you, you're going to get. And it fills that void a little bit, which is really good. But that's the Great British Dig that's called. Starts in February. I haven't got an exact date for it yet, but that's on more four. A couple of other bits. Line of Duty season six has been extended by an extra episode. That is coming soon. We don't have an exact date for that yet, but that is coming soon. As somebody did point out, though, usually the last episode is an extended episode anyway. So it could be a case of they've just extended it a bit more so much that they ended up just putting an extra episode in. So it, it, it might be kind of half more than you get usually. But any more Line of Duty, I think, is worthwhile. So uh, that's good. Frayed, which was the UK-Australian comedy by Sarah Kendall, that has begun filming its second season in the UK and Australia. That is coming back. And uh, just announced over the weekend, Why 1883, which is a prequel series to the Yellowstone, which I think runs on Paramount over here. They picked that up for Paramount Plus, which is what CBS All Access is going to be renamed as as it rolls out internationally. There's a sort of prequel series to Yellowstone coming as well. Hopping back over onto Disney, though, Ryan Coogler has signed a five-year deal with Disney+. Plus. And it looks like it's going to include a Wakanda series. This looks like it could be quite interesting. We don't really know anything about what the series will focus on. Uh, Ryan Coogler, of course, is the person that was behind Black Panther and he's doing Black Panther 2. I think it could be quite interesting doing this. We don't know whether it's going to focus on the royal family or some other aspect of the country, the world source of vibranium. It's the most technologically advanced nation on the planet in the MCU. I think there's a lot of things they could pick up for on a smaller series. I'd be interested to see what they're going to do with it. I don't know what you'd like to see. If it was me making more things in the Black Panther universe, I'd definitely make Shuri one of the main mm. focuses. She was very, very funny in the movies and definitely was stealing some scenes. Yes. And I think that she could definitely hold a series, if not a film, as a character. Yeah, I mean, of course, we don't know where we're going to leave things at the end of the second Black Panther, because mm. obviously they don't have Black Panther anymore, unfortunately. So yeah. we don't know I was where assuming she would pick up the mantle but I don't know that's just a guess based on the fact her character is very popular yeah and and I think they do that in the comic books as well I'm told don't know the Black Panther comic books particularly well but I think that's what happens in at one point in the comic books so I think that's what people have been sort of suspecting but there are some other possibilities as well of people who could take it there so we don't exactly know but we'll, ha we'll have to see what they do with the movie I suspect the TV show will probably follow on from whatever the second movie is 
The five-year deal also covers other things from Proximity Media, which is uh, Ryan Coogler's company, which he's uh, formed with a whole bunch of other people, one of them being Ludwig Göransson, who's the guy that does the music for Black Panther and for The Mandalorian as well, who is a fantastic composer. The only person I know that gets handed a Star Wars series and his first thought is, I know, I need to go and buy some recorders. (laughs) 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 Which I I don't think anybody else would have made that connection. But uh, there's a whole bunch of them that, that run this company together and the mission statement of the company is to create event-driven feature films, television soundtracks and podcasts that look to bring audiences closer together through stories involving often overlooked subject matter. They're sort of talking about building a wide variety of projects across all budget levels. So not only will this possibly introduce a Wakanda series, it will see them build stuff outside that which is maybe going to focus on particular interesting maybe more mature subject matter now that we've got the star service coming internationally and hulu and fx they've got places where they could put maybe some more mature stuff which ryan coogler does very well if you've never seen fruitvale station which was his big breakout movie horribly tragic but fascinating story it's wonderfully told there is an interesting bunch of things that we could see coming from ryan coogler through this deal which I'm very intrigued as long with the Wakanda series to see what else they come out with. Moving over on to a different streaming service which we have just mentioned Paramount Plus which as I say is the new name for CBS All Access from this March. Paramount Plus is what it's going to be named when they try and start rolling the service out internationally. We don't know when it's going to land or if it's going to land in the UK. There have been rumours but we don't know whether that's actually going to happen. The international expansion at the moment is just Latin America and the Nordics and Australia, which are coming throughout various different points this year. One thing that they have picked up is a TV series, a limited series of The Man Who Fell to Earth, and they've now got a lead. It's going to be Chiwetel Ajiofor, who uh, will play a new alien character who arrives on Earth at a turning point in humans' evolution and must confront his own past to determine our future. It's based on the original novel and also the film which had David Bowie in the leading role. I mean, this is an interesting one to pick up to a series. It's from Alex Kurzman and Jemmy Lemaitre, who are the people that have been revitalizing Star Trek for TV with like Discovery and Picard and Strange New Worlds and all that other things. Kurzman is going to direct it as well. Chiwetel Ejiofor, of course, you will know from things like uh, Amistad was the first thing he was in, but 12 Years a Slave, which won him a bunch of Oscar and Golden Globe nominations. The Martian, Love Actually, Popped in Children and Men. Uh, Serenity, the Firefly movie, was also in that. And uh, he's also in the MCU as Carl Modo in Doctor Strange, and he will be back in Multiverse of Madness as well. TV series of The Man Who Fell to Earth? I think my opinion is, why not? I don't have... <laughs> it's not one of my, my favourite books. It's, it's not one I dislike. Um, I think I will just judge that one on its own merit when it happens. It's, um, it's nice to have more sci-fi. Well, yeah. I just don't have that much of an opinion. There's, there's a lot of talent involved here that I recognise. I think it will be perfectly competent. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I mean, and I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is quite a good person to pick. He has a certain otherworldly quality when he wants to for this. So I, I think playing an alien character, I think he could do this extremely well.
well. I think he's quite a good choice for this. I'd be very interested to see that wherever it ends up being aired over here, whether it's on, uh, you know, whether we eventually get a version of Paramount Plus or whether it gets sold to somebody else, we'll have to wait and see. And the other news story, Netflix have announced a new animated Sonic the Hedgehog series called Sonic Prime. 24 episode animated ventures for kids, families and longtime fans drawing upon the keystones of the brand and features the blue blur of video games fame in a high octane adventure where fate of a strange new multiverse rests in his gloved hands. Sonic's adventure is about more than a race to save the universe. It's a journey to the self-discovery and redemption. It's from Sega. Wild Brain are the uh, people behind it. It's animated by Wild Brain's Vancouver studio, who are the people that did Mega Man Fully Charged, Ninja Goo, Snoopy in Space, Carmen Santiago, the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs series. They also own a bunch of different brands as well. Do you want a new animated Sonic series? I think my opinion is pretty much the same as the last thing. Why not? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it'll be fun. I think like Sonic is obviously back very much in public eye at the moment. He's about to come up or have a birthday. 30th, um, yes. Yeah, I wasn't going to say the number. It makes me feel old. <laughs> oh, no. um, so <laughs> Sonic is about to celebrate his, his 30th birthday, as you now won't let me forget. Um, <laughs> and he's very much in the public eye. Obviously, quite a lot of people enjoyed the film. Why not? We haven't had a Sonic series in a while. I think it will be good fun. They talk about the momentum generated by Sonic in 2020 due to the uh, movie and stuff coming out. But I mean, you know, I think they've learned their lesson after the horrific uh, redesigned backlash that they had with the theatrical release. <laughs> well, there, there are still rumours that that was all intentional. In a, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. Uh, yes. To, uh, I, although it did work. So if it was somebody's exceptionally cunning idea, fair play. Yeah. And I mean, certainly it drew people in once they, whether they decided to listen to fans or whether they'd always planned it that way. I mean, it did really well at the box office. It took the number one spot on the opening weekend, remained in the top for globally for weeks. It broke US domestic box office records. So, I mean, it, it did very well for them. So, you know, and they're yeah, talking Sonic's about... Sonic's never really gone away. No. Um, I mean, you look at the release of things like Sonic Mania and how well that did when that came yeah. out. Yeah, it's like any of my friends that have got kids, they are aware of who Sonic is. They all played a game. They're in utter shock when I explained to them that I played the first game and there was only Sonic. There wasn't Tails, let alone yeah. Shadow. They get very confused by this notion. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the previous Sonic cartoons I enjoyed growing up, um, the Sat AM one and, uh, and and the regular Sonic cartoon as well. I, I liked those and um, I think it will be good fun and appeal to the market that watched the film. Yeah, I'm sure it will. It is, like you say, it's back in people's consciousness at the moment. So, unfortunately, this isn't coming out until 2022 because animation takes a while. <laughs> so, uh, they are announcing it now, but 2022, that will land on Netflix. They left the movie obviously very open for a sequel. I won't give any spoilers if uh, people haven't seen it yet, but they left the, the movie very open for a sequel. So are they trying yes. to coexist with well, the second one if that happens? Possibly. There is a sequel in development, but we don't know whether that's going to come before or after this TV series. We'll have to wait and see. That's all the news we've got for this week. Now we've got some a few highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> 
So, highlights for next week. We have SEAL Team returning for its full season on Sky One. That's on the 10th of February, 9pm. Then on the 12th of February, starting at 8pm, we have Chicago Med, followed by Chicago Fire at 9, followed by Chicago PD at 10. So all the Chicagos are back, and that's on the 12th of February on Sky Witness from 8pm. Then uh, Blue Bloods is back for its 11th season. That's on the 15th of February at 9pm on Sky Witness. Last week tonight with John Oliver, season 8, that is on Sky Comedy on the 15th at 9.30. Younger season 5 returns to Comedy Central. That's on the 15th of February at 11pm. And the US version of The Masked Singer comes to ITV2 on the 15th of February at 3.55pm. So it's around about the same time it showed before, but that was on ITV, I think. So it's on ITV2 now if you want to go and find that. And that's everything for this week. So uh, if they want to find more of you, where can they find you? You can find me at Trista Bites, spelled B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I was being funny and forgot I did a lot of podcasts, uh, <laughs> over on places like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, I've got about six years worth of YouTube videos if you're interested in retro games or indie games, indie comic books, and finding new things to watch and play and read that you might not have heard of before. I do a lot of interviews with indie creators over on YouTube and I also stream full time over on Twitch where we hang out and basically talk about all things nostalgic get into quite heated debates about things that don't matter like pineapple on pizza and who is the best Ninja Turtle which is Raphael and play <laughs> retro and indie games and um, just generally yeah chill out and have fun pretty much on a on a full time basis yes go watch Bex build Lego and then unbuild Lego to rebuild Lego because she realises she's built it the wrong way round <laughs> I have have insomnia and to be fair the the attack is is not that complicated it's um yeah i just keep getting distracted by chat <laughs> yes yes and tom bex you can also go find matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots more podcasts over there you can go find daryl over on hollywoodnorthnews.net as well at his new home over there which is a place for all the news for those series that you love which are shot in canada which is basically every superhero and sci-fi show that is on air in the u.s at the moment so where uh, all the arrowverse and riverdale and those sort of things as well over there. So that's hollywoodnorthnews.net for Daryl. For us, you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.